Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. Yeah, if they want to stay, that would be fine. Yeah. So like, it's great, great, super. So they, yeah. they can't be that bad if you're like, yeah, I would rent to them again. Good. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. Guess what? What? This is episode number 96. Oh, we're getting up there. (laughs) (laughs) It's getting up there. And today we're going to learn how to have a rental property. Perfect. Uh, We couldn't name it. No, we had trouble coming up with the name. There were some naming situations, but we have done, what episode numbers were they? 51 and 52. 51 and 52 were probably some of my favorite and most interesting to me, just as a listener and participant Mm -hmm. of the show. Um, That's the intro to investments and then investments part two. Yes. Intro just kind of covers really how you got started in investing, kind of the logistics of that. And then part two is about, you know, having a rental property that is in a vacation destination, Mm -hmm. flipping, building for profit, that kind of stuff. Yes. Okay. This episode is arriving because we had people listen to those episodes and have follow-up questions. Great. I am now realizing, though, that you have all the questions, and I have no questions and no information. Oh, well. So I'm just going to (laughs) go get myself a drink, and you can just run the show. Well, I thought the first question that um, we should start with is... How do I even get started? It feels so overwhelming. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. There's just a lot to take into consideration, and I think it feels harder than maybe it is. Yeah, it seems daunting. What would you say? I understand that people are nervous about it, and there's a lot of questions in here about like risk versus reward, Mm -hmm. and it's so scary, but like to me, I'm very conservative yeah. when it comes to taking risks. Okay. So to me, I'm like, it's not risky. Well, you've been doing it. Did you feel like it was risky in the beginning? Were you nervous? Uh, I wasn't nervous about the money because it, I saw it on paper. Right. And you got a good deal on the house. Mm-hmm. And so, right. So it all made sense when you looked at the numbers. Right. Now, I am a nervous person when it comes to big decisions like that. Right. Like, I put too much thought into it, and I get anxious, and I second-guess myself. Mm-hmm. But when I saw the numbers on paper, I just kept thinking, it's okay. It's, it's okay. It's fine. You know? Okay. Um, so I do think that the more that you have in your savings account, the less nervous you feel. Okay. So the first one, you know, I was kind of like, okay, this is a, you know, a big decision. Right. I hope, it, I hope it goes like it looks on paper. Right. And it did. And okay. so it was fine. Um, so maybe step one of investing is more about getting your finances straight. 100%. And then having some cushion. Yes. So step one is just like really saving. Saving. Okay. Yeah. 
there's a couple things you can do. So for me, when I bought my first rental property, I wanted to have 20%. Okay, down. Down, okay. yes. So depending on what market you're in, you have to figure out what is that number. In our market, I budgeted, say the house would be 200,000. Yeah. So that's $40,000. Okay. So that was like the goal. Mm -hmm. And then maybe add another 15 to that for what you would need to do to get it rented if it needs yeah. paint or floors or whatever. Right. And if it doesn't need it, then you just have that as You cushion. put that in your, yeah, in your reserves. The ones I have bought needed work, which I, is why I bought them. But that's why they're a good deal. Yes, yes. And it wasn't a lot of work. It was literally yeah. just cosmetic, simple things. Right. Okay. Um, so saving is huge. Now, a lot of people out there are like, well, it would take me forever to save that kind of money. Right. I have two different investors that okay. do this strategy, this next strategy I'm going to tell you about. Okay. I think it is only okay if you are financially disciplined and mm -hmm. can have savings. So okay. like if you can't save the full 20% right. because of income restrictions, like maybe you're not a realtor and like you're on a fixed salary and right. this is it. You're like, this it's, is what, you're like it's going to take years yeah, to get Yeah, it would there. take me seven years to mm -hmm. save that much money. You know, you have kids, you have life. Um... So what they do is they buy a house, mm -hmm. live in it for two years, and rent it out. Then, right, then they move out. And then they move out and keep house number one as a rental. Okay. So the reason they're doing this right. is because when you are buying a home as an owner-occupant, you can put down whatever you want. 100%. Right. They don't come and make you. No one's going to come make you refi no. when you move out in two years. No. And they don't care if you rent it out. Yeah. Um, later. And do any of those people or have any, have you ever been aware of anyone having an FHA loan for that? Or are there any loans yes. where there would be some restrictions? FHA is okay that they use it as a rental okay. eventually. Right. Just not right away. Not right away. You yeah. can't do it that way. Is there a time, do you, I, I hate to put you on the spot. Is there a time restriction? I just had know? someone like go read the fine print. Yeah. And it said like a year. Well, that's what I thought. In the fine print. So you got to be there for a year. But the reason yours are staying there two years is for capital gains. No, I, I guess not. Yeah, not selling you could it. even yeah, you could even whatever the mortgage restriction is. Yeah, I think it was more for them. It was just easier because I didn't want to move every year. Yeah, right. maybe that's why. But two years seems to be the magic number. Okay, but you I could like do it. whatever your mortgage will allow as soon as you have met the owner occupancy requirement. You could then move out. Now the thing is, if you got an FHA or RD or VA loan mm -hmm. on house number one, you can't do it on you the second. You can't do it on the second, so your second one would require five percent down. Okay. Not bad. So Not bad. If you're going conventional 5% down on house number two, then you need $10,000 right. for a $200,000 I mean, that's house. a lot different than $40,000. A lot, yeah. And now you're too deep into your investing portfolio. Right. Okay, this brings up a good point that we talked about in the episode 92, multiple offers. Yes. A lot of reason why the inventory is short is because... People are keeping their first home yes. as a rental. And then, so this is sort of the same principle. Well, I've already lived here. Now I'm going to have it as a rental. Is there like some steps that you feel like are necessary when they're like, okay, I'm moving out. Now I'm making this a rental. What's the next thing you do? 
Okay, so the next thing you do is get some photos. Okay, good call. I oh. have professional photos uh-huh. taken of my listings, my rentals, and I just use them every time it comes vacant. Question. Yes. If you were living in the property mm-hmm. and your house was looking nice because you live there, mm-hmm. would you recommend getting the photos while it is furnished or while it is vacant? I think furnished is good. Okay. Um, Mine have all, all of my house pictures are vacant because yeah. no one ever lived there. Right, you weren't there. I wasn't there when I took them. So every time I have a vacancy, I just use those photos. Same photos. Same photos yeah, every as time. long as nothing changed with the house, what's the difference? Right. And that's why it's good to invest in good photos because you're going to use them over and over every again. time the house becomes vacant. You know, that's kind of funny. I'll, my little side, I had an investor last year that bought a townhome and uh, his closing gift from me, like was I bought professional photos. Oh, that's at, a good idea. Because it was vacant and he was going to rent it. And I'm like, look, I'll just pay for you to get... Because prof- he wanted to use my real estate photographer. I'm like, you know what? This is perfect. Yeah. I'll just pay for your professional photos. You hang on to them for the life of your rental. That's amazing. And you just keep using them. That's a great idea. Yeah. Okay, carry on. Good closing gift for an investor. I know, because it's hard to get photos. them a gift. Yeah. And that's really what they need. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, hopefully yeah. they're going to work with you multiple times. Yes. So what what a great what a great system, right? You know? Right. I agree. And then they think of you every time they upload their photos. Mm-hmm. Okay, so once you have your photos, it's time to just get it listed. Okay. Find the websites that are good for rentals. I know that Zillow is good for rentals, but I heard that they have changed some of their policies you and charge have to, now. Yes, you got to pay them per week. Okay. I haven't actually Okay, so on occasion as a Favor to my buyer-seller clients who happen to end up being investors or are investors, I will list their rentals. Okay. That, that is the only time. I don't take, I'm not a property manager. I don't take rental listings. But if I have a seller, maybe who's selling their house, but also would like to rent it if it doesn't sell, like I'll I'll do that listing, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Where was I going with this? Um, what were you saying? I don't know. They need oh, to. Oh, now that you have your professional photos, it's time to list it on Zillow list it. or wherever. Okay, well, so I haven't done, my point is I haven't done one in the last six months. Yeah. But Zillow now, I believe, because they sent me a bunch of emails about this, they mm-hmm. charge you per week. So before, um, you know, a lot of just owner owners would upload to Zillow, rental, right. you know, for rent, whatever. They don't always, in our market, it's not that common to use a realtor to list your rental. Right, it, yeah. It's probably more like, 25% or less, mm-hmm. and then everyone else is just doing it by owner. Well, you used to just be able to go straight to Zillow. Right. Now, and free, and now you got to pay them. Gotcha. I mean, it's not like the end of the world. I think it might be, I have no idea, Okay. like 10 bucks a week <laughs> or something. You know, it's, right. it's like, a, there's, it's not, if that's where you got all your tenants and you were having success before, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't just pay the... So one of the common questions I get is, should I post it everywhere? Should I put it on Craigslist and Facebook and Zillow and all? Oh. And I'm like, no, 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 oh, no. God. Especially if it's a hot market, you don't want to do all that. Mm-hmm. Start with like one. Start Wherever with you're gonna Zillow do or Facebook Marketplace. Okay. Pick one mm-hmm. and see how the interest is. Yeah. Um, I also draft a little blurb that I send to every inquiry. Okay. I don't put my phone number on the ads okay. so that way it it's all coming through either the message or mm-hmm. the email okay so i respond to every single inquiry with the same thing okay what does that say it says thank you for your inquiry the following lease terms are non-negotiable oh i love it i started this because <laughs> i think I, you said this in one of those other episodes i was getting so i was running like a chicken with my head cut off to show right. the rentals because oh, there uh-huh. is usually demand for rentals you know yeah 
And then I would spend all this time walking through the house and they'd be like, wait, will you take 1100 And I'm like, no, I'm asking 1350 That's not even close. No, no. Why am I even here with you right now? Yeah. You know, Mm-mm. so they all get this message. The following lease terms are non-negotiable. Minimum credit score of 600 First month's rent and first month's deposit of $1,350 each is due to reserve the property. No smoking, no pets. Tenants is responsible for yard maintenance and utilities. Washer and dryer are not included. Minimum 12-month lease. Proof of employment required. Previous landlord reference required. All rent to be paid electronically, either through Venmo or Zelle. No checks or cash. If these terms are acceptable to you, please let me know how your schedule looks for a viewing. These are my terms. Right. If you would like to change those terms. You can put whatever you want. You can put whatever you want. One of my rentals does not have a washer dryer. One of them does. Okay, so you just change it. It just kind of, like one came with it. So I was like, well, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to, you know. Leave it there. Yeah, one of my rentals is down the street from me. So the guy who cuts my grass cuts that grass. Oh. Because they're next door. Right So it's just easy. Okay. Um, The other one, the tenant is responsible. But basically it's letting them know. This is what I'm expecting. Yeah, I'm sending not... this message alone mm-hmm. is going to filter out at least a third of the people that contact you. Got it. Because they're going to go, oh, well, um, forget it. You I got know? this big dog or whatever. Yeah, whatever the case may be. Um, so by doing that too, you also want to make sure that you're communicating with each person that comes through the same. The same. That's where For like fair, fair housing, housing comes yeah. in. And that's why I do like to keep a paper trail of keeping it in writing mm-hmm. um, and you know it just keeps your phone from ringing a lot yeah but I do think it's more so for actually vetting people and yeah. treating everyone the same okay and they can't say that I discriminated in any way right I have a paper trail same thing so that is really like pictures okay having a method for handling the leads before you list it so mm-hmm. like having this little thing ready to go I have it in the notes section of yeah. my phone so I just copy and paste it every time I get an inquiry mm-hmm um, I liked your idea of scheduling, like, everybody at the same I time do, yes. for showing. I do, open house style. Yeah. Well, because you're going to get most of those inquiries right away, and they're going to probably want to come on the weekend or at a lunchtime. I've done it real successfully in, like, mm-hmm. a Thursday lunch. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be here from 11 to 1. Right, if you want to come You see show it. up then. Mm-hmm. You could just work. And I had, like, four, wide. five, six people come through. That's and it's kind of nice, too, because... Y'all, there is a little bit of a safety issue because you're not, there's not like a pre-approval process. People are typically coming to see the property before they've made an application. Mm -hmm. So you are just seeing any old random person who wants to show up, right? Right. So having an open house style and them being aware of that makes them know other people are coming through. It's just not you there alone. Or maybe you just want to take someone with you because you you have those safety precautions in place when you sell a house. Right. Why not when you rent one? More so. M- more so, yeah. right? Because they're even less vetted at this point. Exactly. There's not another agent involved usually. And no. They're just showing yes. up. Yes. So I think that the open house style kind of also helps with the safety. Right. Absolutely. Um, one of the questions was, what research is done before making an offer on a rental? And what... Um, what do I look for for knowing if this area is a good area and if there's a demand for rentals there? Okay. So I know we talked about research-wise, um, really knowing your numbers financially. Um, and as far as like area, it's kind of funny because I wanted to like share what I feel like I'm seeing in the LSU condo market. Okay. 
you would think, and I think people from out of town think I'm going to buy a condo at LSU because LSU is a big <clears throat> university, a big college town. Right. But, and they seem to rent okay. Okay. But yeah. they don't resell. No. Like they're hard to sell. Yeah. And I think there's a few reasons for that. I think that the LSU housing market in general has become oversaturated with all well, the new construction building, apartments. Yes, yes exactly. Um, so you kind of want to look at that. Like, is there a lot of new construction going on around or, the area yeah. you're looking at? Because mm-hmm. that's going to take away from your demand. And that's only if you're planning to sell it. If you're going to hold on to it indefinitely right. and are really worried about the cash flow of the rent, it doesn't matter as much mm-hmm. that maybe... Because I, I have an investor intake questionnaire. Mm-hmm. And some of the questions are, do you? how long do you plan to hold this property? Mm-hmm. Are you more worried about appreciation over time, which would come into play right. if you wanted to sell, right? right? Or are you more worried about cash flow? Because you can cash flow probably better in some areas that aren't necessarily appreciating. Right. Yes. It, so there's true. a lot of questions you have to ask. I had a lady buy a condo for her daughter that went to LSU seven years ago and she paid one fifty nine. Okay. We are we sold it for one thirty. Yeah. There that's quite the loss. I okay? would say. I asked her about that at closing. Like, do you feel like you lost on this property? I kind of feel bad that right. I know what you paid and this is where we are, minus commissions, minus your closing costs. Yeah. And she said, well, I actually did some math, and I'm kind of breaking even. Yeah. She said, what I would have paid for her to stay somewhere else. Right, to rent. She had two roommates that have covered the mortgage for the last seven years, and right. so she lived for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she kind of just broke it down and said, so I feel like I, I came out good. She lived for free. Yeah, she lived for free all of her college experience. Did I make money? No. no. Did I lose money? No, it was perfect. And she didn't have to spend money. She didn't have to spend money. Yeah. So that really was interesting to me Yeah, to have that mindset for it. Well, she wasn't buying it as an investor looking to build an investment portfolio. No. She was buying it as to serve her right. and her family. And it put a roof over one of her family members' heads. Right. I mean, it's different. And she did not need it for income. Yeah. She was not using it for income. Yeah. And that's one of the questions that we got is, is the goal for the mortgage to equal the rent? Or what What do the numbers need to look like? That's what, a great question. Yeah, what are the general rules, quote unquote, for numbers that make it a good investment? Don't you feel like this goes right back to what is your goal? Like, what yes. is your goal? Yes. So m- my goal with my first one was definitely to clear the mortgage mm-hmm. and have cushion. Okay. So I knew that at the time, um, 150000 my monthly note was going to be right at like $725, $725 after putting down a 20% down payment. Mm-hmm. So I knew I had some good margins there yeah because i knew pretty much anything rents for at least a thousand dollars right and then the house i ended up buying was a three small little three bedroom two bath 1400 square feet and i rented it for fourteen hundred dollars right okay can we stop there for a second yes so a lot of times i'll have clients ask me well how do i price the rental and it's interesting i never thought about it early on but now i know in our market, typically, depending on location, rents are about a dollar per square foot. Yes. Now, when you get into a larger size home, you know, probably over 2,500 square feet, I feel like that changes. Yeah. But 
in most of the city, mm-hmm. it feels like it's a dollar per square foot. Yeah. But it also feels like it's been a dollar per square foot for a long right. time. <laughs> right. It hasn't changed. It's just kind of there because that is what I would consider to be high, right? Yeah, for like sure. that just feels like it's a lot. So, okay, you you then you rented it for 1400 yes so i think step one is figuring out what price point that you can find something reasonable in your market yeah. this was you know six years ago so i could find a house for 150 right now i would have to be looking in like the 190 to two hundred thousand dollar price point right for a rental right for a beginner three bedroom two bath rental right so i would need to say okay well at two hundred thousand my mortgage is uh, I'm just making up numbers, $900 <laughs> a month. Right. So I need to make sure that I can rent this thing. I liked it to bring in at least 300 to $400 over the mortgage. Okay. Especially for your first one. Because you need cu- you need cushion you for bu- when things you're, come up. Well, we're building up repair money. Yes, I mean that's what's happening. When you're starting out, this is for all of you that are like, how do I start? That's now I'm not as concerned about that because right. the cushion over the years has you built. You have it. Yeah. I have the cushion. So if it's not making three hundred or four hundred or five hundred dollars a month. That's okay because the others are growing yeah. the account. Now you never want it to be a loss. No. I wouldn't anyway. I don't even know when that would make sense. No, I just I don't think it would make sense at all. So you want to make sure that your rent is covering the mortgage and any HOA dues mm-hmm. or expenses that you will have mm-hmm. with that house. And then making sure that it's all going into one account that you don't touch. Right. I highly encourage you not to live off of your rental money. Right. <laughs> because one day not you're going to need an AC. You're going to have surprises. You're going to need a roof. I just had Intergy come... And like they did some repair on a gas line and I had to put the fence back up. I didn't know oh. that I was going to have to do that. Okay. The fence was in really bad shape. So that's why they said, Your we can't put it back together. It, You're going to have to put it back together. Right. It was barely standing so up. So it was like $1,500 of fencing, but it right. wasn't a big deal because I just pulled it out of the rental account. Yeah. And you can refer back to episode 51 where I talk about the rental account. It's one account that I never put money into. Yeah. I open it with I opened it with the first investment property's deposit check and first month's rent. Mm-hmm. And every month on the first, all rent goes in mm-hmm. and all rent all, and all mortgages, mortgages come, come out. out. So it grows yeah. each month by a certain amount depending on how many rental properties you have. But with my first rental property, since the mortgage was 700 and the rent was 1400, every month that account grew by $700. Yeah, that was a quick growth. That was a quick one. But even if it grows every month by three or $400 yeah. and you're saving a little bit mm-hmm. over here and you should have some cushion that was already, that was there. already there yeah. just in case. Um, I do try to save between seven and 8,000 in reserves per house. Okay. So if you have... All of that money is in the same account? Yes. And just sitting there? Yes. Okay. So if you have... Four houses, seven times four is 28. You need to have about 28,000 that just stays in that account. Mm-hmm. And then, and as you get more houses, I think it could go down to like 5,000 per house. Yeah. Or, you know, something like that. But you need a good little nest egg because right. insurance doesn't cover everything. Yeah. And you will have surprises and you, you will have vacancies. Um, Do you keep warranties on any of them? Home like, warranties? No. Okay. I just, they never really did what they. I wanted them to do. Got it. 
and it and it led to more more maintenance because they were band-aiding things and not you wanted to go fix it how you wanted to fix it got Mm -hmm. it i have gotten a new roof from insurance okay I had one that insurance denied, and I had to get the roof. Um, I know. So it kind of just depends. But the more that you have in savings, I just feel like, well, this is awesome. I just got a new roof, and I didn't have to pay for it. Right. Because I used the the money. So as a new investor, I think the margin needs to be a pretty decent margin. Yeah. Which comes from putting down a good down down payment. payment. Or at least having the savings there. So if your rental is only bringing in 200 over what you're making, what you're spending, at least you have something coming in, but you have your other savings. Got it. So yes, that's what I look for numbers wise. Um, some people, we had a question come in that said, do you collaborate with others to get capital? Um, should you pay cash? Should you put 20% down? Should you share money? Mm-hmm. Hello friends, we are so excited that so many of you are using the template course and the reviews are just pouring in, letting us know that it has helped your business as much as it has helped our business. Yes, listen to this review. Thank you so much for providing this wealth of information, knowledge, and template form. So far, I've used a handful and received positive feedback like, this is so professional, or I really appreciate how organized you are. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, Your clients are actually going to say that. Yes. All right, here's another one. Thank you so much for this. I can't tell you how many times I've started this and how many notebooks of samples and notes I had. (laughs) I have ADHD and it is super hard to stay focused on getting it done. Having it all in one place is going to make it so nice. That is what we're here for. No, just look, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Just use these. Yeah, nice and simple, easy, ready to go, ready for you to put your own logo on, make it sound like you. So head over to hustlehumblypodcast.com slash course slash course and check it out that's right and you're going to enjoy them you're going to love them you're going to love it change your life literally fired (laughs) my assistant they are the best enjoy the template yes enjoy i am a big believer that you should never share money with other people (laughs) (laughs) i don't care if they're your best friend if they're your mom if they're your dad i just feel like it's not wise or safe to split it with other people. Right. If you can just go, maybe you have to decrease your price point to do it by yourself. Yeah. But I just think it's worth it. It saves, it just saves relationships. It saves, right. if if you ever sell it, um, taxes, so many things. It's just yeah. so much easier if you do it by yourself. I mean, partners break up all the time. They do. I see it all the time. Yeah. Should you pay cash? Sure. If you have the cash, I don't have the cash mm-hmm. to, you know, pay cash. I like 20%. I think that's a good number. Gets you out of the PMI, mm-hmm. makes you save and be disciplined. Right. Um, but I don't ever like share. Yeah. I, I, and I, I, it's funny because I have an investor that has a partner. Uh-huh. They are two attorneys, they're best friends, and they buy all their rental properties together. Mm-hmm. And I have been helping them buy rental properties for about six years. Seems fine. They seem fine. <laughs> we'll see. It's a business. It is a business. It's a business. Now, I know the margins aren't very good. Like, they're, the properties they buy don't have a lot of income. So they're not every month like, well, I get $100 this month. and um, Like, they're not yeah. dividing income. Right. They're just watching their account grow very small because they're not doing it for income. They want, like, long-term. Long-term, one day, this will be paid off mm-hmm. by somebody else paying the mortgage. Yeah. 
that's what they want. And then they can sell them and, you know, or just have straight income because yeah. there's no mortgage anymore. Right. Um, so their their strategy is way different than mine because yeah. they're like, oh, awesome. The mortgage is, you know, $1,000 and we're going to rent it for $1,000. <laughs> you're like, and I'm what? like, what? That, and then you're splitting it. So I'm like, this doesn't make any sense to me. They were fine. But they're like, well, we're not, we don't need income. We just want someone to live here, live here for 30 yeah, years. Yeah, we just want someone to pay this mortgage yeah. off. And then one day we'll ha- we'll own a house that's paid off and mm-hmm. have all the. I'm like, well, that makes sense if you don't need the money. It's a very long-term goal. Very long-term goal, but they have like eight or nine at I this mean, point. I mean, similar to investing in the stock market. It's right. just a different way to invest. Exactly. Maybe and they, they wanted like to it. diversify. Yes, and they do stuff in the stock market and yeah. their IRAs and stuff like that. So I know you said that we got a lot of questions that were lender-heavy, finance mm-hmm. questions, mm-hmm. CPA questions. We have a lot of financial questions. Yes. I would like to put in our disclaimer here that neither of us are a CPA, nor are we a lawyer, nor are we giving you legal advice. No. Um, but I think we'll probably try to get a lender to come and answer some of these really technical yes. lending questions. Yes. We did have a lot of very technical lending questions, and we're going to get a lender in here to really show us what those look like. Yeah. Um, Someone asked, do you set a certain percent aside to save for your down payments? Oh, like from your Like how do you save money? Like how do you? (laughs) Yeah, basically. How do you save money? "Hmm." Yes. How do you do this? Um, I mean. Do you have a way that you like per check do it or do you just? uh, Y'all, I wasn't prepared because I didn't know this was going to be the question. Well, I'll tell you my answer. Oh, good. Let me hear it. So I have... 30% 30% taken out of all of my checks. Okay. Automatically by my company. Right, right. And then once a quarter, they issue me a pretty good-sized check because mm-hmm. it's 30% of my income that I haven't had for taxes. Okay. Um, taxes usually aren't 30%. I mean, they're close. And probably probably need to adjust it, you know, watch the tax rates and adjust accordingly. But after write-offs and everything like that. Yeah. So it's usually enough for me to pay the taxes and then have some savings. Okay. So I would suggest, and then I save outside of that too. Like <laughs> of the 70%, I'm not spending every dollar of my 70% mm-hmm. that goes into my account. You're very good with money though. There are people listening that are probably more like me and are not very good with money. Well, what do you, how do you feel like y'all do it? We don't. We don't okay. save. We spend all the money. I don't spend all the money, but I'm like a terrible saver. Okay. I don't have a plan. I think it's that I always had to do it. I was not always that way. Mm-hmm. I could not save money if it was like one account. Okay. Like my account that my debit card is. Yeah, you need to have the money away from you. Yeah, it yeah. cannot be in that account. It's yeah. not going to be saved. I will there. say that since I did, I now, I'm getting much better for the record, but it took a lot of years. Having, I have a payroll account, and so my business pays, the, puts the money into the payroll account, and yes. then the payroll account pays me, and then it's in my personal account, and then it can be my money, right? Right. It's not my money just because it's in the business account and the payroll, the payroll account. They have to do their own thing. Yeah. But it, saving is not a, like a natural, here's my point. I listened to an episode of Amy Porterfield. Okay. Online Marketing Made Easy with Jamie Troll. And Jamie is a CPA. Okay. She has a um, Facebook group. It's a free group called Financial Literacy for Women. Okay. It's very, like, 
small business owner specific. I need to go get in that. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. And she um, does all these great videos, especially now with like COVID stuff, like how to use PPP and what are these, like all this stuff about like government, you know, Mm -hmm. assistance and just like how to set up your business and whatever. On this episode pretty recently, it says 2021, uh, she went through her profit plan and she goes, I'm not going to do it, but she goes through each letter of profit and she has two F's in, um, designate what to do with the money you make. So mm. it would be like not P, pay yourself. And then right. R would be like, and she goes through yeah. everything, tax, fun, like she's got, and she gave it percentages. That's nice. So if you're feeling confused about you get your paycheck from, you know, your commission and you're like, Eh, like right. what do I do with all this? Like I'm a business. That that paycheck isn't for Katie to go spend all the money. Right. Although she did in the beginning. Right. She was like, oh, fun. And that's normal. I, that's what like, I'm that's, trying to say. That's the majority. You guys be aware. Alyssa is. I'm helping a, you. I'm she's trying to outside, help you think of it differently. She's outside of the norm. <laughs> we all, I, I understand very well that you just like, oh, wait, I was supposed to save the money for taxes. Like I have to do, you're a business. That check showed right. up to you right. in the, in the, thinking that you're a business and you know how to treat it like a business. So go look up Jamie Troll. Mm -hmm. She will tell you what profit means. I thought it was extremely enlightening because one of the letters in there is um, future. And future means whether you're investing it in real estate or the stock market or you wanted to pay down some debt so it's helping your future. That's all in that one letter. And you give it a percentage. And you adjust the percentages as your situation changes. Right. So one of the letters is um, like charitable giving. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you can't do a ton of that now, but you adjust the percentages over time. Right. Right. Okay. I like that. Oh, so good. So in 2011, me and Tanner did Financial Peace University, the Dave Ramsey course. Uh-huh. Obsessed. Yeah. Like, I loved it. And I think that really just made me go, okay, yeah. And you could probably find one in your area. They're everywhere. Yeah. But it's once a week for nine weeks, and each week is a different step. Mm-hmm. So each week you go for like an hour. It's really exciting. And even Tanner, like, liked going. Oh, which yeah. Says a lot, okay. Okay. Um, and you I went in person. Yeah, we went in person. Surely that's all like an online operation now. I think that there are for sure online ways. Okay. I enjoyed going in person. It also kept me like, like committed, committed. Okay. And then you each week is a different step, and you have homework based on that step for the week. And it's usually just things to talk about. Oh, I love it. Not necessarily like bring your homework, but like go yeah. home and talk to your spouse about what do you want out of life in the future and have these conversations. But anyways, it was really motivating and made me realize I don't want to work forever. So how do I not work forever? So I do think that finding a way to save, I had to actually have a separate account that I said, okay, I'm just going to put put it in this account Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to touch it. Right. Um, It had to be a way because nobody's like disciplined enough to just like, oh no, you know. Um, So anyways, Definitely having reserves and finding a way to save. There are ways to save. Yeah. No matter what your income is, there are ways to save. Right. And there are ways to invest in real estate no matter what your income is. Yeah. So. Okay. That's, you know, we'll get a lender in here to answer more like specifics. But. Okay. Someone asked me, do you buy properties off the market? I think it's, uh, <laughs> I know that there are some properties off the market, but to be fair, a lot. you've bought more than one because you yes. went for a listing appointment and you bought them. Yes. 
So in episode 51, I talk about how I went on two listing interviews that I ended up purchasing the home. The other one was a house that had been on the market a long time. Yeah. And smelled like dog. And so I <laughs> right. bought it. I bought like, it for I a really this. good deal. I gotta have this. Um, so maybe even just doing an MLS search of properties that have been on the market like more yeah. than 60 days. Or an expired. Or an expired and contacting mm-hmm. them. Um, there's definitely, like find the neighborhood. That's my thing. Yeah. This may not be like the best investor advice, you know, but I think it's important that you would like the house that you buy. Oh, you've said this before. Yes. If I get stuck with this thing and I got to live in it. Yes. Then it would be okay. Yeah. You know, maybe not ideal, but I, I would feel comfortable living in each of my rental properties. Yeah. So if there's a subdivision, pick subdivisions that you like or a house that you like. Like there are some houses that I have bought that I'm like, it's so cute. I love it. You know? <laughs> Um, which leads me to my next question that we got of the pros and cons of short-term investing. Oh. So like, I guess maybe Airbnb short, oh. short-term rentals. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when I had this cute little cottage on Tulip Street mm-hmm. before I renovated it, well, it, it, I rented it out. When they moved out, I decided to do the overhaul renovation and Mm -hmm. sell it. That was always my goal with that house. It was a short-term investment for me because I knew I wasn't going to keep it forever because the house was like 75 years old. Right. Um, It also had a gorgeous tree in the front that Mm -hmm. I knew I loved, but I also knew long-term. You didn't want to deal with. I didn't want to deal with a big tree in front of a rental property. But it just worked out. I got a good deal on it. The, it was rented already, so you the girls the, stayed. Yeah. And then when they moved out, I did the big overhaul. It looked so good after. I thought, this would be the cutest Airbnb. Yeah. Like, I wanted to furnish it. Right. Like, it was so yes. cute. I wanted to get, like, classic furniture. And right. Do the, but then I was like, every time someone leaves, it has to be like sheets and cleaned and cute and landscaping and welcoming. Mm -hmm. And it's just a lot of work to do, to do that. Right. So, um, I sold it, but, um, versus like the cabin, Mm -hmm. which is a, people are always coming and going. It's on Airbnb, right? It is an Airbnb. Um, it's on Airbnb and VRBO. The two websites work together. Which I think is great. Is amazing. So that if somebody books on VRBO, it blocks it out on Airbnb and vice versa. Yeah. And then I have a cleaning lady that is attached to those calendars. And right. she knows when the guest check-in, check-out is. Okay, I have a question. Okay. Do you think that is an easier setup in a vacation location? Like the cabin is in a place where people go to vacation. Yes. Baton Rouge is not a, necessarily a place where people go to vacation. Right. So I don't think there is a plethora of vendors who are prepared to, to operate your B&B in a random city, right? Sure. So I have a cleaning lady here. Okay. She has been our clean. She was Tanner's cleaning lady before I ever knew Tanner. Oh, wow. When Tanner bought his first house before me. Can we also talk about the fact that he had a cleaning lady? I think that's his amazing. His mom. She was like, you're not going to live in you filth. Bought, right. His mom called her cleaning lady. Okay. And said, my son just bought a house. He's going to have two roommates. I need you to go every other week and clean the bathrooms. Right, because they're not going to They're not going to clean the toilets. Like, oh. he'll do the dishes and, like, make sure the trash gets taken out. But he's not dusting baseboards. Okay? No, no. So she called the cleaning lady. And so 
the cleaning lady went to Tanner's house every other week. Yeah. The moment he bought a house. Okay. And I thought that was really smart. That is pretty smart. He paid the cleaning lady. He though. paid the cleaning lady, not his mom. Okay. But um, then I came along, met her, and then was like, this is awesome. I've never had a cleaning lady before. <laughs> You're like, well, we're going to keep with this. And we've kept her. Yeah. She, does, she comes to our house now once a week. So she's been with me as long as I've known Tanner. So at least 12 years. Right. I mean, but she uh, would do it. Like, if I told her, hey, I really want to buy an investment property as a and b but this is what I would need, yeah, she would make it happen. So I do, I thought about it. I do have someone, but, and she also has, over her years of growth, she has like three ladies that yeah. work with her. So right. if she's out sick, then one of the three ladies, because mm-hmm. that's something we had to really think about with the cabin. Yeah. Um, and not this kind of goes hand in hand talking about pros and cons of property management. Yeah. Property management with the vacation rentals is very expensive. Yeah. Um, you know, they take up to 40% sometimes. Oh my word. Yes. I actually, we just got one of our friends that owns a cabin, has owned a cabin before we ever owned cabins. And when she was the first to buy, she just hired a management company because yeah. she's like, I don't live there. I don't know what to I do. I live here. And, right. And you know what to do. Yeah. But what we were realizing is that they were calling her for every little thing anyway because they need her Approval, permission. Yeah. And, I mean, they could do some things, but... And then they weren't always as good as they said they were going to be and things just weren't always done. So then she switched to like a smaller mom and pop type operation. Right. Um... But then the problem with that is, are they going on vacation? Do they have help if they're not available? So you really have to go through some interviewing depending on, like, where you buy. Yeah. Here, for my local residential rentals, I'm fine with just managing them myself. Yeah. Because of the expectations I set up front and requiring electronic deposit yeah. to where I'm not texting them, hey, where's your check? Where's your cash? Right. Like, I just log into my app and we just communicate that way. Like, yeah. hey, where's the money? Um, and I've never even really had to do that because it's like, so do you have easy. To, no, hey, ne- where's no, the money? I, I never do that. Um, I only have one person that like broke their lease and moved out early. So mm-hmm. I kept their deposit and it was actually rented within the same month. So I just made double that month. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Like they broke their lease early so I'm like great you know now I have a vacancy and then I kept his deposit but that same month it was re-rented that quickly right so that month I got An all extra, that yeah, yeah all that paint so it didn't really but I don't when people break their lease I'm like they were either going to move out now or they were going to move out in three months right it's the same thing right well I guess sometimes seasonally it would matter yeah I guess so I mean I've had vacancies at all times of year, and maybe one took a couple weeks longer, but it always... They were fine. Did fine. But that's because you were very careful in the locations that you purchased. Right. Yeah. So anyways, that's kind of... um, And for the person that asked, like, demand, you know, where would you think would be a good rental demand? What neighborhoods do you like? Yeah. Because if you like that neighborhood... Well, Others you may can, like that neighborhood. I don't know about everywhere, but here you can go look and see if things have rented yeah. in, a, in a certain neighborhood on the MLS, or you can go to, you know, drive through the neighborhood. Are there for rent signs? Like, like feel it out. If, you, mm-hmm. if you're following a specific neighborhood and you want to know if it's good for a rental, right? like, just try to research it. Yeah. 
make sure you like it make sure it's got good numbers i think anytime like one of mine is really close to a really good public school mm-hmm. um so that one stays rented uh mid-city where like you can walk to restaurants and things like mm-hmm. that that's always just a fun place to live yeah so those are things i look for but okay so kind of backing up a little bit we have our pictures okay we have it listed somewhere okay if it's not going well, list it one list or it two other else. places, okay. but don't jump into listing it in all the Every, places like at too one much time. To keep up with. Have your template ready to go before you list it okay. so that they have what they need to send out their non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just start the showings. Okay. So one person said like, okay, I'm living in my house and I'm converting it to a rental. I'm going to buy something else. What do I need to do? Um, you do need to let your insurance know. Yeah. How they insure rental property versus how they insure uh, owner occupant is different. Um, someone asked, should I have special insurance if it has a pool? Yep. Yep. <laughs> should I over insure it? Meaning maybe it's not in a flood zone, but should I get flood insurance? Yeah. I do. Right. Good call. I, I over insure. I do the highest coverage and just make sure that the rent covers the monthly note. Yeah. That includes the insurance. Right. And then also talk to your insurance person about like if you have more than one rental property and your assets are growing, we looked at just getting one big umbrella policy also. Yeah. So like I'm a proponent of over insuring mm-hmm. as long as you're still making your, your profit margins yeah. how they need to be. Um, so let's see, let's see. Okay, well, we've done the showings. Yeah. People now want, somebody wants to apply. Yes. Tell us more about rental app. What do you do here? Okay, so since I work for a real estate company, I can just use our link that I send them out to apply. So ask your, if you're a realtor listening to this, ask your broker if they have a link that you can use for letting people apply. If not, I'm pretty sure Zillow is like a has a one stop shop for applying. I, and I don't like sending people that. to Zillow. I know, but for rentals, Boo. for rentals, they have kind of become. Well, that's their that's their plan, right? To take over the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's I, part. It's part let's of the plan. Start here, okay. Let, there you, are other apps and websites yes. that you can research, are you talking, and they're changing daily. Hold on, are you talking about how to how to like actually do their vetting? Or are you yes. talking about the physical application? Like the link where you go to apply, yes. And what happens in the link where you go to apply? It also background checks them and gets their credit? Yes. Okay, I will come to the other side of this. I have never worked anywhere that had that. Okay. Um, So I have a paper application. You could also do it in a Google Doc or form, whatever. It's not that hard. And I would give them the application and I would take their application fee, and it's typically whatever, I mean, $25, $35, whatever covers the next step. Okay. The next step, there are several of these websites I have found. I believe the one I have used is tenantbackgroundcheck.com. Sounds oh, right. I'm going to look it up and tell you. <laughs> but it was. I didn't realize you like had to outsource this, that your company. Yeah. So, well, that's good. And that's this helpful. is how a owner would do this. Right. Because this they don't is, have a real term involved. to get this perspective. Okay. So tenantbackgroundcheck.com. There are others. That I believe this is. No, this is not the one I use. Hold up. It's tenant background search or something. I'm going to tell y'all. Okay. The point is there are websites where Plenty. you, you and go. And they're always coming out with new ones and there's apps mm-hmm. for that. Find one that will check all the things you need to yeah. check. 
And when you get the application, call the previous landlord. I always oh. do. That will tell you everything you need to know. Yes. Tenantbackgroundsearch.com. Okay. Okay. I believe it's $30 to run a background screening and get their credit report, okay. score, whatever. And it basically will give you a... Um, level of how secure this person is. So they're not mm-hmm. going to say denied or approved. They're going to say, here's what we found. And this is where there may be potential. And they do rental cert. Like they, sh- there are different levels of what you can buy. Yeah. Okay. But it will cover pretty much all of that. And you have to get the tenants, the, the tenant gives permission. Right. So this website itself will reach out to their email address and say, you got to click this button saying we're okay to do this. It does it. It sends me the report. I then share what I need to. If it's if it were mine, I would just look at it and make a decision, right? Sure. If yeah. I, I'm doing it for an, a landlord because I've got it listed, I give them some, mm-hmm. you know, hit the high points. I'm like, D- is this good for you? Yeah, okay, great. Right. But the other steps to this are you you personally have to call their rental, you know, whoever they rented from before. Yeah, you need to make those calls. You got a call. Are they still employed? Yeah. Now, if it's someone that's like coming from living at home with their parents, mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of limited on background. Yeah. This is, but that's okay. I mean, if they have the deposit and they have the first month's yeah. rent and they're good to pay you how you want to be paid. Yeah. You and know. you can work around that too. If if it's a if it's a harder to vet tenant, but mm-hmm. you want to take them, what if you got first and last month's rent? Like, yeah. you can do other things. Um, what do you ask when you call their? Um, last rental like when you're doing a, a rental I'll say hey app. my name is Alyssa I just received an application for John Smith uh-huh. I see that he rented from you the last two years I'm just calling to ask some of the preliminary question screening questions how was he as a tenant did he pay on time mm-hmm. did he leave the property in good condition mm-hmm. and just what they say next will tell you everything you need to know yeah the other question that I was um, told to ask that I really like is would you renew their lease or would you rent to them again? Oh, yeah. So, like, do they pay on time? Well, would you rent it to them again? Yeah, if they want to stay, that would be fine. Yeah. So, like, right. Great. super. So, they, yeah. they can't be that bad if you're like, yeah, I would rent to that them again. Uh, but, I mean, you can also take that with a grain of salt. I mean, some people are going to be more honest, I think, than others. Yeah. But hopefully they will at least tell you if they paid on time. Right. And you can ask them, are they all current on rent? Right. Right? Like, have they paid all of it? Like, what, you know, mm-hmm. how did they leave the situation? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're not out of the situation yet, and that's awkward. Yes, I have had that. <laughs> they're leaving? I don't I'm want like, them to oh, leave. Oh, yeah, they are leaving. Oh, no. And then I'm like, oh, good. You, you're you sad they're leaving. That means that's that helpful, been right? a pleasant experience <laughs> oh, That's you. helpful. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Um, the employer, I just called to make sure they still work there yeah. and that the number they gave is accurate. Right. It is sometimes hard to get an employer on the phone. It is. But it, if they can give you a pay stub mm-hmm. or something like that, I mean, there are ways to, mm-hmm. to deal with that. And, you know, I think... People, people's biggest question: What if I get a bad tenant? You can do nothing about it. Like you, you don't. You have no yeah. way of re- like. You could do all the right things. Yeah. But I will say, if you are diligent and you, I think maybe at have a property that's in good condition. Mm-hmm. Don't rent out like a you know a slum hole. Just let right. it be in something that good people want to live in. Well, I mean, the the flip side of that is you. I've had a I've had a client who bought. In a maybe less desirable area because he wanted the cash flow because the properties were very, very cheap right. and the rents 
I mean, because it was so it would cash flow really easily. Yeah. Like so, there are lots of people. I don't. I'm not going to call them like slum lords. There are lots of people that want to be landlords and all different. And all different. <laughs> I'm not one. That's fine. But you know what? Bless them because someone needs needs to do, to that. do it. You know, like someone. Everyone needs to live somewhere. Not everyone can afford to live in the. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. But. Because you're conservative and are worried about your investment and keeping it rented. Like, these Mm -hmm. are good tips if you're getting just started. Like, yeah, don't stress about, you know, letting the first person that applies sign the lease out of fear. Oh, no. I think the reason I have been successful is because I do, I, I hang on to them a little longer to get the right tenant. Yeah. And maybe ask like $25 more than it's worth. Yeah. Just to get the little bit of the premium. Um, but yeah, I think that just if you take your time and you set your standards and they know your non-negotiables and you have everything set up electronically, once they are in, yeah, you should be pretty much smooth sailing yeah. until their lease is either yeah. up for renewal or they're leaving. But um, every time I have a vacancy, I'm like, oh, I don't want to go through this whole process again. But yeah. then it's rented and I'm like, okay, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So those are the steps really to just getting it. Mm-hmm. started. Um, I know we had a lot of questions about the pros and cons of management. We talk about that a lot in episode 51, so go check that out. Okay. Um, uh, one question that came through that I'm kind of struggled with for a minute in this market being so good where things are selling so mm-hmm. well, should I sell my rentals now? Oh. Like, what if Is you it time? sold your rentals for mm-hmm. top dollar Kept your cash or mm-hmm. did a 1031. The problem is, I don't want to get too far into this. Yeah, if you do a 1031 exchange, you have 90 days to then, basically then get something you're else. You're a buyer And in then this you're market. a buyer spending top dollar. I think it would be awesome to sell them all. <laughs> and then in a couple years when things kind of, I don't think it's going to like crash or go. But when right. things aren't like they are, are right now, yeah. reinvest in mm-hmm. some properties um, I also have always loved the strategy of buying a new construction. Oh, yes. Like phase one of a subdivision yes. when the price, because every phase they're increasing yes. the prices. Yes. And I think with those, so I did this, um, I have a new construction rental. It's three or four years old now. But my goal is to keep it until it's about 10 years old mm-hmm. and then sell it. Right. Before roof, AC. Yeah. You know, once you get to 15, 16 years. Yeah, then you have to do maintenance. Like yeah, bigger, bigger maintenance. maintenance. But I think that 10 years, real estate appreciates pretty well. Yeah. So it's a good time to like cash out, maybe buy something else new. Right. To keep the That system good. is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I struggled with that too. I think I w- you would really need to look at the tax ramifications yes yeah. of if i sold now would i have to buy something right now because if you do you might as well just stay yeah, right because i don't know that you could find something but if you have one that maybe isn't doing as well or that you don't like well and here's the other thing y- you could also sell something and then you would have maybe a better down payment for a different type of house or a different yes. price range or a yes. different location or like you could potentially take the money you made and just upgrade your mm-hmm. your investment or like if it was one of those situations where it was your first house that you ever owned and yeah. now's a good time to get your equity out. Yeah. You know, maybe you didn't put 20% down. Yeah. But with the equity and the yeah. appreciation that you have in the house, now you could take that money out. Yeah. Um, 
do I connect buyers with the right team as far as like CPAs, legal advice, things like that? Um, yeah, so you get a brand new investor buyer who's like, help me. Help, what do I do? What am I gonna do? Um, I mean, I have a CPA that I don't mind sharing information, right. giving them their information, but I always tell them, I'm not gonna give you that information. Right. <laughs> I'm no. not gonna be your legal or CPA no. person. Oh, well, did we have questions about, did you wanna answer anything about LLC? The only thing I really have to say about the LLCs is that LLCs cannot be on a mortgaged property from what I understand. An individual has to be yes. on a mortgage. Like Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, they do not give mortgages to companies. Yeah. AKA Alyssa Jenkins LLC. Right. Cannot have a mortgage. Alyssa Jenkins can have a mortgage. Yeah. But Alyssa Jenkins LLC is a business and they don't do business loans. Right. I have also had people say, I own a couple of rental properties. Should I convert them to an LLC? You can't really do that Unless, if you have a mortgage right, on okay. it. Because if you have a mortgage on it and you want to put it into an LLC at that time, they can recall your mortgage. Right. Because you basically gave your, gave your house you gave to your someone house else. Away, yeah. Yes. So LLCs are really when you get some houses paid off mm -hmm. and want to start protecting yourself a little further. So until you get to that point, mine are not in LLCs. Yeah. I just make sure that my insurance is good. Yeah. So as long as your insurances are okay, right. obviously consult an attorney on further on these questions, but you cannot get a, unless you're paying cash, it won't be in an LLC. Got it. Um, let's see, last thing, tax write-offs. Mm -hmm. I keep track of everything via an Excel spreadsheet. Okay. Every time I pay the grass guy, it goes on the Excel spreadsheet under that property. Got if it. he calls and says, oh, the roof is leaking, I call the roofer and the roofer goes and sends me a bill, I put it on that property. So Got at it. the end of tax season, I have all of my income minus all of my expenses. Mm -hmm. And then your CPA will also ask you for copies of your homeowner's insurance, mm -hmm. your property tax, and um, they will look at the interest you paid on your loan. Yeah. It's so, basically the same as owning your own home. But write it all. You really need to be diligent. If you buy a lockbox, a $7 lockbox mm -hmm. to put on that rental property, it is an expense. Do you you have an account? You, you, yes, the like rental you're, account. You're using the rental account to buy that stuff. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's easy to keep track of yeah. because it's all... But I do keep it in an Excel spreadsheet. So at the end of the year, I'm not having to go through every line item and right. like match it. I don't... Yeah. But um, yeah, I write off every penny I spend on the rental property. Yeah, it makes sense. So, um, and we could, we will probably have a follow-up episode. Yeah, because it's getting this long. again. What, how the, long are we right now? Like, pushing an hour. Okay. The people have a lot of questions about investments. Yeah, and it's a great thing. And, you know, it's easy for us to understand. Yeah, that's what's so nice about So, like, if you don't understand the stock market, but you are you know your, your real estate market, well, maybe you do want to put some money into that where mm -hmm. you can see the trends and you know the areas and you understand the rents and you yep. know how to do the research. Like, it's just a, a little bit. And it's nice always, again, to diversify. Um, someone did ask if you were moving out of state, would you sell your rental property or would you keep it? Oh, I think it depends on how it's doing. Yeah. And again, I know that there's like different ways of doing it, but to me, whether the house is next door to me or in Tennessee, yeah, 
it doesn't matter to me because I'm not going there. Right. I'm not going You're, in the roof. Yeah, you have a I team. call the roofer. Yeah. And not even, like, sometimes I got a call, like, I got a random call. What was it? Something that I had never even had to deal with before. And I was like, I don't have a guy for that. So what did I do? <laughs> I Googled it and then found the company the that guy. goes and does that. You know, if something is going on at the house, I can do nothing to help. You're not doing it. No. no. So I just call so it doesn't matter like the one that's next door to me i have not been inside of it since they moved in three years ago oh same people same people man that's nice so it's just like to me whether i live here or there it wouldn't matter it wouldn't really matter no because um, you're also not knocking on anyone's door to collect rent no, they're paying electronic it yeah. just today's modern amenities make it easy to have you, rentals you, so if it's a good rental keep yeah. it if it's giving you troubles and frustrating you sell it yeah it depends on the rental yeah but um i think just having your systems in place right. and keeping it like a well-oiled machine yeah um makes it worth it makes sense so we'll have an attorney and a lender that we will interview to ask further questions but i hope this just gives you some more practical steps for getting your property rented i think it does okay i have a toast today okay um so this is from oh i need to find Brittany's last name hold on um jay you're gonna have to just pause me for a second <laughs> Cause or because I have like a hundred more things I could keep talking about. Keep talking while for you're a minute. Looking for our, <laughs> go if you while have, you're looking. I'm going to get her name, toes. and you can um, yes, please by all means. Um, one of the questions was, how do I convince my husband that the risk is worth the reward? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, just reminding him that there's not a lot of risk. Um, if you're doing it the right way, if your insurance is in place, if you get a fees worksheet from the lender showing this is how much money we need to buy and this is how much rent we could get and this is what the income could be and this is how much savings we have, you realize at the end it's really not a lot of risk. Um, so just keeping it on paper and keeping it factual. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Facts. Facts. Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. Just the facts. Okay. Anything else? Do you need more time? No, I'm ready. Okay. Okay, great. Uh, please tell me how to pronounce that last name. Oh, man. <laughs> Hunicky? Hunicky. All right. So, Brittany, I, sh I should have just been like, I don't know Brittany's last name. <laughs> Brittany H. Brittany H. Um, is in New Orleans. Oh, fun. And she is a member of the Hendrix Group. So, she wanted to toast to her team leader, John Hendrix. Okay. okay. So, after losing her two music industry gigs due to COVID, she decided to take the plunge and give real estate a try. That's fun. She got licensed at the beginning of September and has been full speed ahead, learning the ropes and riding the waves of a first year realtor during a global pandemic. <laughs> uh, she wants to toast to John because um, well this is kind of sad but despite um, John had a son with an immunodeficiency disease okay. two year old who has recently passed away Aww. I know very sad she said that despite that going on in his life that John has been an incredible mentor to me Wow. and she said if he wouldn't have told her early on about his son's condition she would have no idea that their family was going through that mm -hmm. he wakes up every day with a positive attitude putting his clients and his team first she's an honor she's honored to be a part of his team 
Wow. So maybe instead of a cheers today to John, we'll all like say a prayer for him or think a kind thought. But um, so he's going through a tough time, but he's taking care of his team. Yeah, that's awesome. So thanks, Brittany. We appreciate you sharing that because I felt like I needed to cry today. Yeah. <laughs> so sad. Um, and John, I hope that you're doing well. Yes. Okay. That is the end, friends. We will come back to investments again, I'm sure. Yes. Okay. Bye, y'all. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.